Dialogos Radio and the editor of the Hellenic Insider. It's Michael Neverdocker. Excuse me, Dr. Michael Neverdocker. Good morning, Dr. Neverdocker, and welcome back to Fault Lines. Hey, good morning. Glad to be back. Glad to have you back. Uh, so let's talk. By the way, even though it's, it sounds like he's in a thresher. You know? Right, there we go. <laughs> Or combine. Yeah, uh, there might be a little bit of noise, which I apologize about. I can't really do anything about it at this time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Macedonia's name change. Let's talk about that. So, Phil, everyone, for the people that don't know anything about it, update our listeners about what's going on with Macedonia's, Macedonia's name change with a brief history. Okay, well, I'll try to be very brief for what is a very complicated issue. Uh, last year, actually this year, early this year, uh, the Parliament of Greece and also the Parliament of the country that is now calling itself North Macedonia both ratified an agreement that is known as the PESPA agreement. And what this agreement does, in a nutshell, is it recognizes the name of uh, Greece's neighbor, this country to the north of Greece, as North Macedonia. Now, this agreement came after many years of dispute between the two countries, during which the country to the north of Greece was officially known by the United Nations as the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. Now, this whole this whole conflict began in earnest in the early 1990s, following the collapse of the former Yugoslavia, where the various republics of the former Yugoslavia gained independence, and one of those republics was Greece's neighbor to the north, and they declared that their name was Macedonia. The problem for Greece was that, and, and still is for many Greeks, that in the north of Greece, there is a region known as Macedonia. Uh, and the capital of that region is Thessaloniki. Thessaloniki is Greece's second largest city and second most important city after Athens. And Macedonia has been not just the region, but um, let's just say Historically, Macedonia has always been associated with Greece, going back to the days of Alexander the Great. You're going to hear a lot of uh, scholars disputing whether Alexander the Great was Greek or not and saying that the ancient Macedonians were uh, at war at times with other ancient Greek city-states. But, you know, it's important to remember that, you know, Alexander the Great spoke Greek. Uh, all of the ancient ruins from that time um, are carved in Greek, and there has been a Greek presence constantly in that region for 3,000 years, if not longer. So uh, all of a sudden, this country shows up, calls itself Macedonia. Their first flag following independence was actually the ancient Greek symbol of Virgina, which is a symbol associated with ancient Greek Macedonia. And a lot of Greeks obviously took offense and they felt that this was part of a larger, let's say, project uh, that would actually endanger the, not just the Greek sort of identity or character of the Macedonia region, but would actually endanger Greek territory itself. There have been several cases where maps have circulated and politicians from Greece's neighbor to the north have appeared in front of such maps 
showing a so-called greater Macedonia, which includes much of the region, if not all of the region, of what is today Greek Macedonia. So there's a lot of people that um, since the 1990s have had these uh, fears. And really, in a nutshell, that's how the issue really developed. In the 1990s, following independence, there were some over diplomatic overtures from Greece, which led to that temporary name uh, on the part of the United Nations, the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. But this was always meant to be a temporary name until a permanent solution was, uh, was found. And what the previous government in Greece did in conjunction with the current government in uh, in the neighbor to the north is they reached this agreement that was, however, interestingly enough, very unpopular in both Greece and in the country uh, that has been renamed North Macedonia for different reasons. Greeks feel that uh, a large majority of Greeks, anyway, feel that um, the agreement basically sells out Greece and Greek history kind of recognizes that even if there's a qualifier and a name, uh, yeah. calling them North Macedonia, it still includes the name Macedonia, and that's unacceptable. Uh, a Macedonian language was also recognized, and a Macedonian nationality was recognized. And what's interesting is that it's not North Macedonian, it's just Macedonian, even if the country has been renamed North Macedonia. So that's a point of major contention for many Greeks. Uh, and then on the part of many in the country that is now called by uh, this, according to this deal, North Macedonia, uh, they feel that that's unacceptable because they consider themselves the true, let's say, um, inheritors of the Macedonian name and heritage. And for them, any name other than plain old Macedonia with no geographical qualifiers or any other sort of prefix, uh, that would be the only name that's acceptable. So I try to be brief, but it's a complicated issue. But in a nutshell, that's uh, the history. Well, no, it is. And so the other thing that I know uh, from the Macedonian situation is that there's some controversy, too, about George Soros being involved up there. And it's not minor. It's to the point where there's a whole, like, stop Soros thing. and But there's, like, a Soros team, too. This is not, like, hidden in the background, Garland. What do you know about uh, George Soros's involvement? Wh which side is he on? And uh, and it's not. It, he's a major player up there, right? He's absolutely a major player, and I can think of two or three examples that illustrate this. He's been a major investor in various, let's say, media outlets and uh, other sorts of. Uh, let's say, business operations in the country calling itself North Macedonia since the 1990s, since soon after that country's independence. Uh, so uh, it's a country that's been very close, not just to his heart, but also his wallet. Uh, at the same time, I, I will give the example of a NGO, a non-governmental organization that is actually based in Greece, in the Greek city of Thessaloniki, which I mentioned before is the capital of the Greek region of Macedonia. This NGO is known as the Center for Democracy and Reconciliation in Southeastern Europe. It's been there, I believe, since uh, around the year 2000, and the it receives major funding from 
the various George Soros linked foundations, Open Society, Open Society Macedonia, as they are called, uh, uh, the Central European University, which uh, was founded by George Soros, and Soros was also their first president. And what this NGO does is, well, one of the one of its major activities is to publish school textbooks, history textbooks, and if one actually looks at these textbooks, even before the PRESPA agreement was signed uh, and ratified by the two countries, these textbooks were already recognizing Greece's neighbor to the north as Macedonia, and not even North Macedonia or any other sort of you know qualifier, it was just plain Macedonia. Now, what's interesting here is that the um, founder of this NGO, who is still under board, is a man by the name of Matthew Nimitz. And Matthew Nimitz uh, has a very long history of being associated with George Soros and with other individuals that are close to Soros, with individuals in the Democratic Party in the U.S. Um, and he was the mediator, the United Nations appointed mediator for the Macedonian name dispute. So on the one hand, he was mediating the dispute between the two countries. And on the other hand, he was the founder and he was in, and remains involved with an NGO that was publishing school textbooks uh, that were recognizing Greece's neighbor by the name of Macedonia. So there's a major conflict of interest there. And George Soros is a major factor funder and donor to this organization. Well, let me ask you this, Dr. Neverdakis. Um, when we look at the two regions, the country that's now going, going to be named North Macedonia and, 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 and Greek, what is the relationship as far as culture, language, music, art, religion, etc.? You know, are they very, very separate? Are they similar? You know, what are the, what's the relationship there? country that is now call, uh, called North Macedonia, their language, their culture is essentially much more similar uh, to uh, what you'll see in the Slavic countries. Uh, their language, which the PRESPA agreement calls Macedonian, uh, is about 80% Bulgarian. It's very similar to Serbian. It's very similar to languages spoken generally in that region, but not in Greece, not so not very similar to the Greek language. Uh, so culturally, there's this association that uh, brings that country much closer to the other countries that are in the Balkans to the north of Greece rather than to Greece itself. Um, so that's a big point of contention for many in Greeks. They're saying, look, we have nothing against the Slavic people, but they showed up in a region uh, many centuries after the era of Alexander the Great and the ancient Macedonian kingdom. And yet, uh, there's many in that country today who are claiming that they are actually the ancestors of Alexander the Great and his legacy, and that those were ancient Macedonians and not ancient Greeks. So there's this big cultural mix-up over here. Now, supposedly... Um, we want to th thank you for coming on. Um, we are are down to the last two minutes, and we certainly appreciate you coming on. Dr. Uh, Neverdakis is the host of Dialogus Radio. He's also the editor of the Hellenic Insider. You can follow Michael on Twitter at Neverdakis, N-E-V-R-A-D-A-K-I-S, and you can listen to his show at Dialogos Media, and that's at Dialogos Media on Twitter, thank you very much. We like to get him in occasionally and to update us on what's going on with uh, with with Greece.